brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make your podcast. You can create, distribute, and monetize your content right from your phone. Anchor is completely free to use with no storage limits, no trial period, and no strings attached. Easily distribute your podcast to every major podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. I even use Anchor for my podcast, so download the app today or visit anchor.fm. Hello, hello, hello. You're listening to the Three Course Convo podcast, where I serve you three of the hottest topics in the food world. I'm your host, Paul O. Mims. It's such a bittersweet day because it is season finale of my first season. I know it has flown by and I'm super excited and sad, but excited for this episode because it's a jam-packed episode. But first, I would like to talk about, give a shout out, um, I would like to highlight a great initiative that's happening out there in New York City and expanded recently to Philadelphia. It's called the Okra Project. So this Okra Project is a nonprofit initiative that helps provide food access to Black trans people who are facing homelessness and food insecurity. I'm super stoked and happy that this thing exists and they take individual financial donations. So if you go onto their website, you will see how much you can give. It's not much, but if you can give something to them, it will be much honored. And each of these trans people are offered home cooked meals where they bring a trans black chef to go to trans black homes and cook them meals. And if they don't have a home, they provide well-prepared meals for them and distribute them. It's such a great initiative and you should check it out. But that's not what this episode is about. This episode is about one of the leading and most trending food topics in 2020 and the past decade. I'm talking about sustainability. Now, we hear that word thrown around a lot of times, especially in recent years, and sometimes people don't really understand what that word actually means. Well, I found a great definition by a very respected food expert. I'm talking about the author and former professor of food and nutrition at New York University, Marianne Nessel. Now, her definition on sustainability is basically built on principles that further the ecological, social, economic value in its community. I think that's a wonderful definition. I think it's a well holistic definition of sustainability. And I'm so happy that you're listening to this episode because we're going to explore different new initiatives with sustainability and how we create a better food system. And I also have a really, 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 really great interview with my friends and food entrepreneurs, Sheetal Bahirat and Zuri Masood and their new company, Hidden Gems Beverage Company, where they take something that's considered food waste and turn it into something beautiful. So stay tuned, and here is the episode. So one of the many ways that you can have a sustainable food system is by reducing its food waste. So a lot of food waste is being done, in our country especially, it's become an epidemic. And a lot of those food waste actually happens at the production level. So a lot of restaurants, a lot of grocers, those type of entities usually have the most food waste. But one of the biggest food businesses in the country and in the world, Starbucks, is one of those culprits of having a lot of food waste. So personally, I used to work for Starbucks. I was a barista. I would um, experience and... 
um, witness a lot of the food waste that was happening inside the restaurant. One of the reasons why a lot of food waste was done at Starbucks is because their labels are very intricate to the point of their sell-by dates. So their sell-by dates are pretty much uh, very quick. So they're not much time that goes by for their sell-by dates. It's very different than an expiration date. I believe the Starbucks sell-by dates on a lot of their products, including their packaged protein boxes, were about two days or two to three days. It wasn't that much that was on the shelf. And a lot of the times we would throw away a lot of the food because it would be by the sell-by date or it would be old pastries in the case by the end of the night. And it was come to a point where a lot of the food that we, I was see being thrown away was pretty much a disaster and pretty much very disheartening because it reminded me of the things that they could do with it. Well, Starbucks did enact a program called a food share program where they would pair with local food banks um, through Feeding America initiative and they would um, help distribute a lot of their food waste out to soup kitchens or other food pantries. And they had a goal to include this and to enact this process to have a full cohesive program by the year 2020. And actually, in terms of people have been perceiving their food waste initiatives, they are being hypocritical because they're actually not enacting this. And it's to the point where they're still throwing away a lot of their food. Um, there was an article recently about in the New York Post about Manhattan Starbucks still throwing away a lot of their food especially in big cities like New York City or Chicago or Philadelphia, um, these Starbucks go through a lot of inventory and they go through a lot of food and therefore and it results in a lot of food waste. And one of the things that a lot of companies fear when it comes to distributing or giving away a lot of their leftover food at the end of the night is liabilities. But they always have this excuse that liabilities would be the cause of a lawsuit and they don't want to be in charge or responsible for a lot of, of unsanitary, unsanitary, excuse me, unsanitary conditions. And they fear of, you know, repercussions of that. But actually, those are just lame excuses because after the Good Samaritan Act that was enacted in 1996, which protects companies for having any liabilities with, um, you know, giving away food as a free donation. And I believe that it's just a ploy for them to enact much of their greed and to still have all this capital greed. We live in a capitalist society, so there's no difference than what we have. It's been going on for the past 50 years. So Starbucks is still under fire for a lot of their food waste problems. They're still not fixing the problem. It's still something that they need to alleviate. And I think by the year 2021, we'll still be talking about how Starbucks is still not enacting their food share program that they promise will be something that will help a more sustainable food system. So my next guests are food scientists, food entrepreneurs, and visionaries. They are the co-founders of Hidden Gems Beverage Company, a company that creates food products by environmentally friendly and upcycled food materials. They are launching a new tea beverage line called Reveal, which uses avocado seeds as the main ingredient. I personally know these geniuses from graduate school. We were classmates at Drexel University. I remember hearing this crazy little idea a couple of years ago, and now this idea has turned into a full-blown enterprise. 
I'm so happy and honored to be talking with them. Everyone, this is Shito Bahirat and Zuri Masood. Welcome. Hi, we're Thank so happy you. to be here. I'm so finally happy for you guys to be here. I've been tracking your progress for so long, and this is it. And this we love it. your podcast, so thank oh, you thank for having you, us. Thank you. Stop, stop. <laughs> so um, let's just get started. Okay. Um, first, I would like you to explain to us, what do you guys do? So the concept behind Hidden Gems Beverage Company is to take parts of food that other people throw away and to find a way to use those parts to create beautiful, nutritious, upcycled foods that are better for you and better for the environment at the same time. Uh, and that's kind of how Reveal and the Avocado Seed Brew even began, is to take this avocado seed and turn it into something which is a beautiful beverage um, and extract and reveal like its true value. Oh, okay. So how did you guys come to meet? How did you guys come together? Zuri, can you put it a little bit how you came together with this project with Sheetal? Sure. So, um, Sheetal and I met while we were at Drexel University. I did my master's in food science and she did her master's in culinary arts and science. And we actually met on the first day of class, I believe. Um, but um, she told it her thesis on the avocado seed and I was really interested in food waste. She was interested in food waste. We had this really amazing teacher that kind of taught us all the ins and outs about sustainability and um, upcycling. And we kind of connected through our teacher. So I'm guessing you consider your company sustainable. Yeah. So can you explain to the audience what sustainability means to you? According to me, sustainability is a lifestyle which um, allows you to not just do something that's good for yourself, but also for the community at large. Um, so whether that means that you stop using as much plastic or you compost your food so that it doesn't end up in the landfill, all of these are sustainable practices which kind of end up in a sustainable lifestyle. So it's about doing something that's not just good for you, but good for the community and the environment at large. I like that answer. Usually when I hear about a definition of sustainability, it's about the practice, the act, but not about the humanity of it. So I love the fact that you mentioned, you know, it's not about you. Um, it's about the community. I really like that so much. So why do you think it's important for food companies to have sustainable practices? Um, I think it's important because food is one of those things that we can't live without, which means that it's an industry that's going to be here for a long time. Um, so companies that are involved in the food industry need to be leaders because they have the ability to kind of create change on a large scale. Um, and we all know that it's really better for everyone to live a sustainable lifestyle. So it's just something that, that we should do. Especially when, like, we have, like, this, you know, global warming crisis and, like, our, you know, ecosystems are degrading. And so, so there's lots going on. So I feel like sustainable practices is kind of very needed at this point. Do you agree? Yeah, exactly. And um, it's kind of like who else is going to do it? Right. Like, we can all do things by ourselves, and that's it's extremely important. But the people that are going to be able to make change on a large scale are the people that have money behind them and the people that can, um, I don't know, uh, reach out to politicians or, you know, kind of like create a culture. Um, and I think that the food companies that are around and the ones that are coming up are going to have a responsibility to kind of be those leaders. Right. And I think 
in this food world right now, we have to be accountable. Right. And especially the ones who are running these Mm -hmm. major food companies, who's accountable? They're the ones who are having these giant food systems, who are creating these, you know, systems for America and for consumers all over globally. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it is a responsibility. And I think it would be irresponsible not to even consider sustainable practices. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, if I can add to that, Mm -hmm. um, like companies have the power as well as the responsibility to affect not just the consumer's life but the entire supply chain that they work with so um, for us we currently get our avocado seeds from restaurants that would have thrown them away Um, and those seeds would have gone to the landfill whereas we can stop that from happening we can find a way to utilize them and then compost them so that these seeds don't go into the trash can and they don't create toxins and greenhouse gases in the landfill Um, Other companies that are also doing sustainable things kind of have the ability and the power to change the entire food system from the inside out. And I think that's what's really cool about being a sustainable company in this space. Oh, I was just going to say, also, I think when it comes to business, and this is just, this can be outside of the food industry as well. I think companies think that sustainability is not profitable. But I mean, it's like in the word sustain. If you want, if you want to have longevity in business, this is going to be a way that you're going to need to function. So, right, I agree with that. So, how did you come up with this idea in general? Like avocado seeds? Like what? That I was like mind blown when I found out this was happening. Like, how did you come up with that? Well, so I was at the Drexel Food Lab, and I was re- researching for Dr. Jonathan Deutsch um, for reducing food waste. So when I was at the food lab, I was making guacamole one day and I had a whole bunch of seeds and pits that was just, it looked more in volume than the actual pulp that I had. And I just like thought to myself that day, I was like, if I throw these away, I am such a hypocrite because I go and I write like syllabuses about how you should not throw things away. And it just made me think like, what can I do with them? And I got into the research and I found out that there's so many like antioxidants in the avocado seed. And then it led to a two year slippery slope that helped me figure out what I can do with them and how I can do with them best. So that's kind of how I ended up here. So you did a thesis Mm -hmm. on the avocado seed Mm -hmm. for graduate school. Can you explain a little bit about um, how did you come about that thesis and what were your findings? Yeah, so I basically did my thesis because um, it was like, I was really interested to know more information about what's in the avocado seed and also kind of do the product development process of figuring out what I can do with that information. So it turns out that the avocado seed is full of antioxidants. Like I said, it contains 57% of the antioxidants of the whole entire fruit. The other 38% is in the peel. So that's 95% of the antioxidants of the avocado that we throw away. Um, And those antioxidants are actually really good for you. Um, there have been lots of studies uh, that, that have been done on mice that have shown that they have like anti-inflammatory properties or they help reduce cholesterol or blood pressure. Um, so I knew that there was something really important and essential there. And for me, my thesis was figuring out what is the best possible way that I can extract these antioxidants on a large scale to prove that they were safe for a consumer. So I went through the whole like generally recognized as safe process um, as a part of my thesis and the product development of like once I have this 
process down, how can I convert this into a large scale process? And how can I convert this into a product that I can bring to a consumer? So Zuri, yes. I know that you went to graduate school with Sheetal as well. And Sheetal did a lot of you know research on the avocado seed for her thesis. How, when you came aboard this project, how did you um, tackle, I guess, all, you know, all of this information? Because I'm pretty sure, did you know much about avocado seeds before? Um, no, I didn't. And I'm, I'm new to eating avocados also. Oh. Um, <laughs> so I think it was just, yeah, it was a lot of information. Uh, it was a lot of reading, but it was all really interesting. And I think, so by the, when I came in, um, we were at the point where we needed to get some testing done that was extremely, extremely expensive. Um, and we didn't have funding to do that yet. Um, she told mentioned we went and got the um, self-affirmed grass. And that was really important for us to be able to move forward and, you know, make sure everything is safe, make sure that, you know, the things that people are consuming are safe for mm -hmm. them to eat. Um, I think that it's been a really long journey, but it's also been extremely creative and interesting learning the things that we can do outside of just making a beverage possibly uh, with the seed. And we're really, really excited to be able to share those things with you guys eventually. So how long did it take for you to get from the research of avocado seed to the actual beverage? So I think I started looking into the avocado seed probably in, January 2017 or 2018 no 2018 January 2018 so now we're in February 2020 and our product is just about to right. launch <laughs> so it's been two years a little bit more than two years but um it's been a really interesting journey like we've been moving slowly like the I think till September till August of last year so till August of 2019 we were just proving that this is a safe right. thing for people to eat and like figuring out the process of how to extract it and how we could do this on a large scale. And then from August, we've actually been working on the real business side of it and bringing it to life. So um, the business part of it and like putting it into a bottle and making the packaging hasn't been very long. We only started in August. It's been six months. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that's a good speed. Um, so majority of your time was actually just researching Research, yeah. and making sure it was actually safe to consume. Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay. So actually, you know, the fun part of making a, you know, a food <laughs> product was like, oh, that was easy. It was like six months or so. Well, we also had made all of the connections. Like we've right. spoken to thousands of people um, in the entire process of figuring out how we were going to bring this to life. Or even then, like I needed avocado seeds. Like I wasn't eating that many avocados right. on my own and neither could I afford as a student to eat that many avocados so um, I would go to local restaurants like Hungry Pigeon and Hi High Street on Market and they would give me their avocado seeds um, and I would go on the weekends and pick them up and bring them back and I do like my research um, so the through the process of developing this and coming to this as an idea um, we had already spoken to a lot of the people that we needed to talk to. So in August, once we got our generally recognized as safe, it was just like, okay, great. Now it's time to start putting these things, like asking the people, like, can we work with you, like to start getting those contracts right. in place and making it happen. And you've been doing tastings. Yes. Mm -hmm. I've been noticing you've been doing tasting. How is that process? 
Oh, that's been really interesting. It's been really amazing, um, especially seeing the growth from where we started to what we have now. When we first started, the so the original formula used sugar mm-hmm. and lemon, and then we moved to a um, concept that took out the sugar so we can make it zero calorie, so we put in monk fruit, and then we added some apple cider vinegar to acidify, and that added some flavor too. Um, and we tested out and gave that to consumers, and... You know, the response was different than the first one because it tasted different, obviously. And we kind of noticed, like, oh, okay, a certain type of person is okay with the apple cider vinegar taste. A certain type of person is okay with, you know, the lemon and sugar taste. And then when we moved on to developing flavors, we got an even uh, different response. Um, And I feel like with each tasting, we've kind of gotten better at, you know, explaining what we're doing, but also kind of perfecting our formula, which I think is the reason why we'd be getting back more positive responses but people are like super excited about the flavors so you mentioned that your beverage line is made up of upcycled materials um can you explain what upcycled means as opposed to recycled sure um so i find the best way to explain it to someone or to differentiate is really simple just ask the question did it go in the recycling bin so let's say you are um, walking down the street, it's a really, really hot day, you go into the store, you get a bottle of Reveal, and by the time you get to your office, you're finished your drink and you, you know, just go in the trash, you put it in the recycling bin. That's recycling. Basically, that bottle is gonna go to a facility, it'll probably get broken down and more than likely be made into another glass bottle or some other type of glass material. Upcycling, is if you take that same bottle, maybe you wash it out, um, you fill it with water, and then you put a bouquet of roses in it and put it on your desk or something, you know, for display. So basically upcycling is when you take a product and you extend the life of it Mm. and you create another product out of it. A lot of times upcycle is, you generally hear the association more with non-food products. It's more with um, like clothing or building materials, but it's something that's becoming more on trend in food. Oh, that's a very simple way to explain it. Like, I yeah. get it now. That makes sense. Because I hear this word upcycled a lot, and I just never knew actually what it was. I thought it was the same as recycled. But thank you so much. Of course. Um, so are there any, like, special or, like, facts or things that people would know about avocado seeds? Yeah, actually, um, when I was doing the research, I found some really cool stuff about avocado seeds. And one of them is actually, so we did this test where we took water from the tap and then we brewed it with the avocado seed and then we tested it for heavy metals. And what we found, and we tested just tap water from the same day and then we tested the same brew. And what we found was that the amount of metal, so even lead was reduced in the brew than it was in the water. And, I thought that was really fascinating. So I got into the details and it turns out actually that you can potentially use avocado seeds and convert them into like an activated charcoal that would be able to pull heavy metals from the water and to purify water in that way. Uh, So that could be something that could be used in the future, which I'm really excited about. Wow. I was just um, learning a lot about charcoal, activated charcoal and like how a lot of breweries and through ancient, they learned from ancient times of using activated charcoal to distill spirits. Mm-hmm. So that, oh, wow. That's very interesting. So you have your new beverage line. Um, you're launching 
uh, with some flavors, mm -hmm. right? Can you tell us um, how many flavors and what are the flavors? Yeah, so we have five flavors. We have the original, and then we have mango ginger, pineapple coconut, rose mint, and grapefruit lavender. Oh, I'm so excited <laughs> for that uh, lavender one. It's like, um, I love lavender kombucha. Uh-huh, yeah, it's me too. It's so good. Wow, so what, what made you come up with those flavors? Um, uh, really it was like, like trial, trial and error. Um, we knew that we wanted to have some kind of like unique flavor combinations, but also, you know, pineapple coconut is something pina colada that mm -hmm. people are very familiar with. We wanted to make sure we had a nice range of like some fruity, that's some that are a little bit more cool, like the grapefruit lavender. Um, so it's just kind of trial and error. Yeah, yeah, I think we tried at least we, 50 yeah. or 60 different wow. flavors before we picked full these. Of, full of flavors, yeah. Wow, wow. So um, when can we expect reveal um so we're just getting into the final stages of like getting our packaging together um and we should probably be ready to march some uh, march we should be ready to launch sometime in march um so i'm really looking forward to it wow, that's around the corner i know that's so soon that's so soon but thank you so much guys for being here with me but before we go can you please tell the peeps out there where they can find you yeah, we're at drinkreveal.com, www.drinkreveal.com, or you can follow us on Instagram at drinkreveal. We're the same on Twitter and Facebook, too. Thank you so much, Sheetal and Zuri. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Paul, for having us. One of the most basic ways that anyone can be sustainable at the individual level is composting. So you know you've heard composting many times. You've seen in the news. You've seen so many people talk about composting. It's such a great initiative. You should compost. You should compost. A lot of cities have enacted composting laws and composting practices to alleviate a lot of those landfill um, conserves. So a lot of great things about composting is that it helps save water. It helps with the soil because it adds beneficial nutrients to the soil. It supplements the soil. Um, it helps with microbes and holds water and improves the plant growth overall. And one, it reduces the use of commercial conditioners and fertilizers. You know, we're at a point where we're very, keeping a very tight eye with a lot of these commercial use of fertilizers and conditioners, especially pesticides, as you know, our global food system is becoming more transparent because people are, are more aware of what's going on in that global food system and what's actually being planted and what's going into our produce. So I think that's a really great way to think of composting as a way to reduce those commercial uses. Also increases soil organic matter. Um, it helps with root structure. It controls soil erosion. There are just many things that it does. So just, just the basics of what it helps um, plant growth and produce growth. And a lot of our, you know, agriculture um, is very much benefited from composting. But I would say composting should come second in terms of your in-home food waste. And what I mean is that if you have food waste at home, you should think of ways that you can reuse that food waste instead of composting it. What I mean is that all of those, you know, chicken bones or leftover produce scraps or peelings and shells, you can use that as a stock. You can make a stock, put it in a huge pot with some boiling water, a little bit of spices, some mirepoix, um, let it, you know, simmer for some of the all day, skim the fat at the top, you know, cool it down, freeze it. You have a wonderful stock that you can use for so many dishes, including soups and sauces. It's such an easy thing. It may seem like a lot of work, but trust me, it's such a sustainable way to help your own kitchen and to alleviate 
your food waste. So I always say that try to use food waste as um, a repurpose. So basically we just talked about upcycling. So upcycle that food waste before you recycle and put it in the compost. And that'll be a great way that you can also help, you know, create a sustainable food system at the individual level. Oh my God, we finally made it to the end of the episode. <sighs> okay, get it together, Paul. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Three Course Combo for this entire season. This is episode eight. You can check this episode and all the other seven episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also find it on my website, mrpaulomims.com. That's M-R-P-A-U-L-O-M-I-M-S.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at mrpaulomims. You can also have the link to my website on Instagram in the bio. My name is Paula Mims. Once again, thanks for listening. <laughs>